Pleasure, I would like to introduce CM Punk's personal ring announcer. Jackson, you're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined by Jason Brooks. Uh, episode 209. Uh, everyone's childhood gets rocked in different ways. Uh, the first person you hear is usually your announcer. And uh, this morning at 69 years, Howard Finkel died. Uh, Jason, as an East Coast guy, I would think Howard Finkel was the voice also as your childhood when it came to the ring announcer. Whenever, you know, a major event happened, you heard, and new champion, that was the voice. I mean... Well, it doesn't matter what coast you're from. I mean, he was the voice of WWE. all the big events happened at Madison Square Garden. So he was the voice of that. I mean, he was the the voice of the WWE in the 80s, you know? And uh, I, I don't know, I don't remember if you, if you were there with us, but that Survivor Series, I was actually there when that surprise happened, when CM Punk won the title back from Del Rio, and the crowd just went crazy when, as you heard, when Howard Finkel was the special announcer. I, were, yeah. were you there with us that day? Or were you, I was not. I, okay. I remember, though, we, we were doing, I think we were still doing the podcast at that point, and being there live, that was just one of those moments of, like, I was a huge punk fan, you know, I think most people were, and that was just, like, one of those moments that you went, all right, this is something special, you, you know, you don't usually ever see him. I mean, the I, I listened to two versions of that, you know, that was a fan's version, and I'll, at the end of the show, I'll try to see who was the per where I found that from, but there was also the WWE version where you had the dopey Michael Cole playing a, a heel at the time, where he was basically making fun of him, you know, saying, is he, how long is it going to take, and all this other crap. But, I mean, I don't know if you have any memories of Howard Finkel, but, I mean, that kind of... I mean, it didn't hit me as hard as ones in the past, you know, when Savage, you know, passed away, or Warrior, or some of the other ones. But when I saw that this morning, that kind of, like, took me back for a second. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, there's just so much sadness that's happening. 
um, lately. So it's just kind of just more sadness of 2020. Um, you know, the, the, the thing, obviously, Finkel was uh, a, a big voice in my childhood and your childhood in the 80s. We were, that's when we became, you know, the wrestling fans that, that we still are now doing this podcast. And I don't know, voices and characters and memories are all a part of that. And, and he was a big part of that for me. I loved him as an announcer. I think they actually, you know, he left. They, I, I don't know whether it was him leaving or Vince asked him to leave, but I think there was some acrimony with him leaving originally back in the day. Uh, but, yeah, no, I loved him, loved listening to him. Again, it's been many years since we've really heard him, so it's, you know, the impact of him. You know, it's not like he was still active and then he, you know, passed away. He's been, you know, I think he's had some health issues. He's had some stuff, so... Um, but he's still young, 69 years old. is, is really young uh, nowadays to pass away. So, you know, it's a real bummer. Um, and, you know, we just hope, you know, condolences to his family and stuff like that. But, yeah, he was great. He was great to listen to. And, I, I you know, it's absolutely a, a sad day in wrestling. Back-to-back sad days. Yeah, uh, he was one of the uh, – I think he was the first, like, non-wrestler to be put into the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm, that's cool. That's awesome. In 2009, and, you know, he was, like I said, the voice of, uh, of a lot of people's childhood, and uh, he'll be missed. I think they, I was listening earlier, he was one of the, I think he might have been the guy who actually coined the phrase of WrestleMania. So, I mean, he had his, his legacy, and he'll be missed, and uh, if, you know, anyone has any more ideas, stuff they want to, you know, discuss about him, you can always share some thoughts uh, with us on Twitter at WorkshootPod or on our Facebook group, which we're getting more involved with, uh, Workshoot Podcast. But, uh, Jay, the thing that we discussed a lot on yesterday's show was the WW releases. Um, after basically 24 hours to think about it, um, with a little bit more clarity, any more thoughts that you had or things that you might have not had a chance to say yesterday that you need to get off your chest or having a chance to like think about like things that were... Dunner, so I mean, we found out that the main roster guys will be 90 days and NXT guys will be 30. Um, one of the things that did come out from Fightful, I know I'm just rambling on here for a second, but one of the things from Fightful.com, and they've done a lot of good reporting on this, is that the furloughed employees will be, uh, will be there and uh, will have benefits until July, uh, July 1st. But you know they still may get fired. We don't we don't know for sure. So there's a lot of stuff going on on that end. So the, so the hold on, the okay, the ninety days, are they going to get paid for ninety days? Because we know NXT is going to get paid for thirty. Yes. So they're going to get paid for three months. Yes. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Then there's a chance things might like, you know, like I'm not again the whole idea of live events with big crowds. I don't think we're going to have this year. Right. But you know, whatever, things might start to kind of come around again. So in three months, things might start to come around again. Also, let's throw into the fact that, you know, as Dave Meltzer has said, you know, I just, you know, uh, watched someone wrestling Observer. They're not getting killed in terms of losing money. Oh, no. So maybe they decide to bring these people back. But to me, that this shows that this is just a face-saving move. Oh, yeah. More than anything, this is just all about saving face. Uh, and, and this kind of proves it even more. You're paying them for three months, which is great. And that's that's great to pay them for three months. So they're paying them for three months, and then they're probably going to bring them all back. 
But again, it's, you know, you showed the stockholders and investors, hey, look at what we've done. We are saving all this money when you're not really saving the money because the guys are getting the downside guarantee anyway because you're not, you know, there's no, you know. So to me, you know, I, whatever. It, it's ugly. This was, it's ugly, and this is a lot of, it's a lot of BS. And, and the other thing I want to say is, is Rollins' part. I don't know if you saw Seth Rollins put some thing on Instagram or Twitter. Um, and listen, he, he works for the company. The company, he's a millionaire because he works there. He's a great performer. He owes the company, you know, a lot. So I get that, and he's, a company, he's the ultimate company guy. Uh, but for him to talk about how people are bashing the WWE and he shouldn't, and this is the time to come together, and blah, 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 and, and you know, hopefully these people... Now, okay, I get it. He's a company guy, right? They deserve to be bashed for yesterday. Oh, yeah. They fired people they didn't need to. It, it, you know, so to me, they deserve to be bashed. And Ron said, oh, we need to come together, and, and it's not about that. We need to come together, for sure. But we also need to hold people accountable who aren't doing what needs to be done, who aren't doing the right thing. And I think this isn't the right thing, firing these people. I'm glad they're getting three-month salary. That's really, really good. I'm, I'm, I, I definitely, that's a really good thing. But to fire people when they're making money, I think is I think is I think is ridiculous. And you know, for for Ronald to say, oh well, don't bash the WWE. Well, yes, they deserve to get bashed for yesterday. We deserve to hold people accountable, whether it's politicians, whether it's people who work for big corporations. If they're not doing right by their employees, if if politicians aren't doing right by the people that they serve, they deserve to get criticized for it. And so, to me, sure, Rollins is a company guy, I get it, but to, to say, oh, we're not going to bash the WWE, let's come together and be together. Or the WWE together when they fired all those people? I don't think so. So, let, let's slow down on that. I respect Rollins, I get it, but maybe yesterday wasn't the right time to message that, talking about, oh, well, maybe they'll get other jobs and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I just don't know if yesterday was the right day to put that out there about togetherness and things like that and let's and let's be honest and everyone has said this there are more people that are being let go that we don't know who they are yet they're gonna be yeah. nxt names that we won't find out about for a while or either they won't leak out or we won't know about until we just don't see them being used you know for a long period of time and all of a sudden someone says hey is this guy still there i mean and, and, let, and let's be clear with some of the nxt people they're not getting you know, $150,000, $250,000. They didn't sign Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. They don't make that money, right? They're making, I mean, they've talked about, and you could tell me, Corey, correct me, $80,000 a year, maybe a hundred, maybe seventy. dollars I mean, they're making what a lot of average, and I know a lot of people make a lot more than eighty and a hundred. dollars I completely get that. Um, but they're, they're still not making loads and loads of money. So if they were banking on, hey, I'm budgeting for this is what I make, and now in 30 days they're not going to make that, you know, that's a that's a real hit to, to people. So um, this is really, really affecting lives, and that's not even talking about people who we don't even know, whose names we don't know, who, who they're letting go. So it's just, it was just a terrible day, um, but I, WWE definitely needs to be held accountable. Um, and, and, and being held accountable is people bashing them on Twitter. They deserve it. People canceling their network subscriptions if they want to. They deserve it. 
and let's and let's be honest here. And I didn't even realize this at first, but I don't know if you noticed this, but a majority of the names that were on that list were all Raw guys. So I mean, we might see after uh, SmackDown goes off the air on Friday, we might see a bunch of SmackDown names on Saturday. I mean, I'm not saying I know anything, but if you if you look at it, majority of the names are all people that are usually used for Raw. I mean, like Sarah Logan, who was on the show, right after which you know she's gone. You know, Drake Maverick, who's going to be used for NXT, we know, and that's a weird situation to begin with. But I don't remember seeing, besides Primo and Epico, who I believe are SmackDown guys, majority of those people all were Raw, Raw guys. We might see another batch come Saturday, you yeah. know? Yeah, you're right. That's an excellent point. And as I said yesterday, they didn't release that many women. So, you know, is that coming at some point? So it's just, it's, it's just, it's just terrible. Just terrible. Agreed. Um, and you know what? One of those things that has been mentioned by quite a few different people, so I can't remember who said it, so I, I'd love to give credit to, but, and we said this yesterday. Remember, nobody's running shows right now, and who knows when people are going to start, so there was like, tw- I think there was like 22 people that were, 22 people were, uh, 22 wrestlers were released. You, yes, you have multiple companies, and a lot of these companies are doing fairly well, but not all 22 people are going to be signed by AEW. If you're lucky, maybe four or five get signed by AEW. You know, maybe two or three get signed by, you know, and uh, Lucha, no, I'm sorry, Lucha Underground is no longer with us. You know, uh, Ring of Honor and Impact, maybe an NWA and MLW. I mean, there's going to be people who are going to, may get some stuff on indies, and if they do stuff the right way and are able to say, f- you know, former WWE performer, They'll be able to do well for a little while, but people aren't going to get guaranteed new jobs and they're going to be fine, you know? So, I mean, this isn't going to be a one, two, three fix for all these people. No, I agree. And, you know, some of the, and that's one of the big points we made yesterday is, you know, where's no way Jose going to work when this is all over? Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, God bless him, you know, he seems like he's got a charismatic personality or whatever, but what's he going to do? You know, uh, he was a jobber in the WWE. You know, Kurt Hawkins, I guess, has his own school. I think Zack Ryder will be fine. You know, some of these guys have been, and, and Zack Ryder has also been on the roster for years and years. So yeah, I'm sure he saves you know, some of his money. Yeah. Yeah. So some of those guys are different, but a guy like No Way Jose. Now, listen, he's been on the roster for a couple of years. Hopefully, he's saved some money. But it's not like they gave you notice. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have. It's not like they're like, hey, No Way Jose. Well, six months. You know. Might not have a job. Or when this coronavirus... And, you know, they didn't warn anybody that this was happening. Vince, apparently, and this is from the Fightful uh, site as well, had a transcript. Basically, Vince went on there for two minutes and said, hey, guys, uh, just so you know, you know, shit happens. We're going to have to cut a bunch of people. Sorry. You might get some messages soon. And then they just started firing everybody. And he was on... I mean, the conference call was like two minutes. You know? Again... You know, the world is a cruel, cruel place, and wrestling is a really cruel industry. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that now. And I guess, you know, the countdown to, uh, I guess we should all put, you know, clocks, uh, reminders on our cell phones for July 15th, because uh, for, for those who don't decide, you know, not take the WWE money, three months of 90 days is up on July 15th when I guess people can sign with other companies. I mean, you already have, you know, the idea of Carl Anderson put up a little, uh, Instagram, I think it was either Instagram or one of these places putting up a thing, you know, from Santa, Santa Monaco to Japan, 
where he's already putting ideas that he he'll, he might go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, so there's little things going out there of feelers, I guess. So, I mean, July 15th is the day that we find out where all these guys land. Yeah, maybe. And we maybe, maybe it's before, too. You know, maybe, you know, guys sign or, or basically intend to sign or, you know, what have you. If they don't want to take um, WWE's guaranteed money, sure, right. Yeah, or, or maybe we just hear that we know where guys are going. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, some of the guys like Rusev, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson will be interesting. Others will be, we'll never see them again on our television. So, we'll yeah. see what happens. One last thing on this before we move on. Uh, 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 either or situation here. If you're AEW and you could only sign, now we all know that there's like a 99% chance the Revival are more than likely going there. Let's yeah. say if you could either only sign the Revival or Rusev, or let's say the Revival or, you know, the Good Brothers. If you could only sign like one of these new free agents, who's the one that you want that like is your number one pick? Yeah, see, it's hard because a revival, like, I, I wouldn't have put them in that. If you're telling me about just the guys who were released yesterday. All right, let's take the revival out. All right, yeah, well, let me get in that. But I, I, it was a very sobering thing you put on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, check us out, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast Facebook page, where it had all the people who were who were fired yesterday or slash furloughed. It was very kind of sobering picture. If it's between Rusev, if you take the revival out, it's Rusev far and away. I mean, he has a chance to be a world champion. Right. Throwing a revival in, it's hard. I think Rusev is more valuable to any company than a, a tag team is. I love tag team wrestling, always have, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, right? But I think a potential big time single star is always going to draw in more people and make more money than a successful tag team. So I think, I would say, I would say Rusev for sure. Um, but again, it's different with the revival. They have a relationship with AEW, things like that. But I, I think Rusev is, is definitely the most valuable guy out of all these, all these people. And you know what? I, I, I agree with you. I think Rusev would be that number one draft pick. Like next week we've got the NFL draft. And if you're telling me if I have the first pick in a draft of all the guys who were unfortunately released yesterday... I'm taking Rusev. I think that's yeah, the obvious and, and I think it's not even close. I mean, I think it's not even close. I think the Revival are after them, and then I think there's another big drop-off, and then I think it's the Good Brothers, and then then it kind of falls off a cliff, you know, probably. With, you know, Peraza, who I think is in, like, kind of another category. And Leo um, Rush, I guess? Well, you know what? You know, you're right. Never mind. I take that back. It might be Rusev, then Leo Rush, then the revival, then the Good Brothers. I forgot about Leo Rush because I think he's got because he's he's also young. I mean, I think he's twenty three or 24, 24, Like he's a young guy still, and he's been wrestling. It seems like he's been wrestling for like ten years, so he's got a lot of potential that he has not even tapped into yet. So I think um, Leo Rush might actually be number one. I still think a big guy um, is there. Oh, you put. Drake and EC3, no, not even, not even close, not, not even close. They, you know, EC3 can't work as well as Rusev has. Um, he's not even close to Leo Rush. Drake is a good hand, um, and is super entertaining. I mean, well, most of these guys are gonna be useful to any company, um, and I think some of them could be successful. Like No Way Jose, I don't know. Maybe there's something they could do with him to make him a success. 
Diana Perrazzo, she could be AEW Women's World Champion easily. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's just one of those stories over the next three months we'll be looking at, and it'll be interesting to see if these companies do open up at some point and this coronavirus goes away, if anyone decides that they want to be back on TV before, the three mo- before that July 15th day and they decide not to take the WWE money and they go and show up on, like, an NWA Power or somewhere they just want to get back on TV, you know? I mean, we could see back in the, uh, the Monday Night Wars, people would, you know say, screw the, screw, screw the 90-day, you know, no compete, and then they would just say, all right, I'm Lex, you know, Lex Luger just shows up or whatever, and that's how, I you know. The, the, I think the difference now, Corey, is the money is a lot different. That's true. You know what I mean? I think, you know, you know, Sasha Banks is a millionaire, right? Like, that wasn't happening in the 90s. There was only a couple of people who were millionaires in the 90s. Now, a lot of the wrestlers are millionaires. And I think Gallows and Anderson signed, I don't know, about a million, but they signed up for a lot of freaking money. Oh, yeah. And so that's a lot of money to leave on the table to go to New Japan where they're not going to make nearly that much. So I don't see that happening, but, you know, because there'd be no reason to. Also, there won't be a crowd. So, um, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, but the rumor mill is going to be churning. I think, the you know, these empty arena shows and how really – rough some of them are i think the business of the industry is going to be more interesting than anything that's happening inside the ring agreed all right so uh on our last show i believe we spoke about ronda rousey and uh, we thought her comments about the fans was a work or a shoot and uh, i went more on the idea that it was a work building on to when she came back to be you know the ultimate heel character uh, she basically uh, doubled down with her comments, you know, saying that, you know, if this was real and people fought for, you know, 300 days a year, like, you know, real fighters, you basically would be dead. Everyone in the industry has made comments from MMA websites where they were saying that, like, an MMA junkie, that usual stories had, like, 700, you know, comments, and this story, had, like, 2,500. So, I mean, it's... Even the MMA fans who couldn't care less about wrestling were intrigued to, uh, you know, WWE personality. I mean, she's, I mean, she's a superstar. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you had WWE personalities like Nia Jax saying, you know, that I would knock the bitch out. I wouldn't help put her over. And then and this, the one thing that totally put this over the edge for me and thinking this is a total work is even WWE backstage, their show on FS1, they even went and commented on it. They had... Um, their panel featuring CM Punk and uh, Booker T and Christian making comments on the fact that even CM Punk, who said, you know, this could be real, but, you know, this is more than likely will turn into a shoot at some, you know, turn into a work. I, so you know, for, so I mean, I, here's the thing, though. Here's where I, I, I disagree. Okay. She didn't say it as a work. She said it as a shoot. I think she believes it. And I think there's evidence to her being upset about when she was booed, I think it was in one of the uh, LA shows or whatever, when she was booed out of the building, when Charlotte was beating the shit out of her and her fans were like rooting for Charlotte. I think there, it, and, and people have pointed this out, there was something to that. I think she is upset at the fans. I think she is upset that they started booing her after cheering her after all she did at MMA. These superstars of any industry 
are very fragile people. I'm watching this Formula One documentary, which is really dope, by the way. And they're they're talking about the, talking to this driver, Lewis Hamilton. He's won five straight, um, you know, five straight uh, Formula One world titles. And there's only 20 racers in the world, so he's like one of the 20 racers, and he's beating everyone. And you can tell from hearing him, he's just kind of like this maniacal guy who has some insecurities. So that's all these great athletes. Jordan had it. Kobe had it. All these guys did, right? And so Ronda has some insecurities. And I think that's more what's come out than, oh, is it a work or is it a shoot or is it a this or is it that? She's telling how she really feels. I think she's absolutely saying how she really feels, 100%. I think she loved wrestling. I think she loved being out there. I don't think she wanted to do it for 10 years. She didn't do MMA for 10 years. She left MMA when she got knocked out a couple of times, right? So, and that is her, you know, once she starts getting fragile, her insecurity show, she's out. I think you look at what happened with her MMA, MMA and losing those fights, she's out. She got, started getting booed, right? Turned heel after being a big baby face, she's out. I think those two things, you know, go somewhat hand in hand. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I'm just saying... The idea, I don't, I'm not saying that she doesn't believe what she's saying, but I'm saying a lot of this stuff will... I don't think she's doing it to say, I'm, I'm doing this thing on purpose to put it over for wrestling. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, hearing some of Ronda Rousey stuff, like, I don't know that, that that's, I, I don't think so. I don't think she's thinking, I'm going to say this now, and you're going to set me up 40 minutes into this interview so I can then say this thing to then put this thing over. I don't think I don't think so. Well, I, you know, maybe I, I not. Really the, don't think so. But maybe not the initial stuff, but the stuff where she's later on, where she the the later on tweets were like say, saying the idea where if these if these women, you know, for, were uh, fighting for three hundred days a year, they'd she, be. You did know, she said that in the interview? No, that she was said that in the interview. no, that was the follow up to I guess what uh, either I think it was either Naya or um, Alexa Bliss had said. There was a follow-up to that, and then she goes in the hashtag kayfabe killer, and and oh the Hulk Hogan the Hulk Hogan thing yeah, yeah. I mean listen okay Corey sure she played off of the interview I mean which is smart but, I'm giving yeah, total credit to and it's also like it's really cool but to me to say like oh this is not how she felt and this is all a wrestling storyline to me that's not true either oh no it's, I I apologize and, and, that, and I, it's kind I, of what I said before where I think there's a lot of gray involved. Mm -hmm. I think she was telling the truth. I think this is how she felt. I think she did feel that way. If you're wrestling, you're fighting for real 300 times, you get, you'd be dead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and how physical and violent UFC is, mm -hmm. right? It, I mean, it's it's a, they talk about concussion injuries and stuff like that and um, guys in the NFL who are committing crimes or whatever. The MMA guys are committing crimes at so much of a higher level than any professional athlete. Because of how much, how much they're getting hit in the head, how violent the sport is. So, Absolutely. I mean, you, yeah, had, uh, you, know, you had that fighter, you know, what War Machine, who almost killed that porn star, Christy Mack. I think yeah, it was. But, but even ago. beyond that, the numbers, the numbers of domestic violence cases are just are Absurd. astronomical yeah. compared compared to other sports. Um, but it's MMA. Some of the guys are not high profile, so we don't speak about them as much. Absolutely. And then the uh, 
Other thing that was brought up in the uh, WWE backstage uh, segment by CM Punk, which I didn't even think about at first, but I, and like I said, I know that the WWE backstage show is a Fox product, quote unquote, and not a WWE thing, but I, I do believe a lot of the stuff that well, is. Well, it's definitely not WWE thing because CM Punk wouldn't be there. No, but I mean, before. I'm, I'm getting, but you know, subjects that are brought up, I'm sure are, the WWE knows what subjects are going to be brought up on the show because, you know, Renee Young is hosting the show. I would pretty sure that these subjects are going to be like, all right, we're talking about this, you know, at least subject, man, maybe not what's said, but CM Punk brought up a very interesting idea, which should have come to everybody right away. This will all set up at, you know, Survivor, yes, exactly, Survivor Series, the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen of, of uh, WWE, MMA versus WWE, this is, this is this is how this all gets resolved, you know? Yeah, I agree. What, and what do they say? always say what's best for business? Damn. I, Corey, I, I think, man, and I just, and I know we've talked about it a lot, and I apologize to the audience for bringing it up. If you've heard me say this a million times, not having a live crowd is going to kill that match. It's well, just going to kill, it's going to, it's going to, by the way, Charlotte's promo, her package on NXT was the best thing that happened last night, by the way. Her, her video package was unbelievable. But, um, I think a live crowd is not having a live crowd is just going to kill that match. Well, it, I think Ronda's yeah. not coming back for a little while, so I'm I'm guessing they're also hoping that by the time Ronda comes back, we'll we'll have live crowds. I, I mean, Fauci's saying in November, they're, they're Fauci's saying there's not going to be live crowds in 2020. I mean, that's that's what he said. So I'm I'm gonna you could have sports, you know that you know that's not a problem. He thinks that's gonna he thinks that could very very easily happen as long as the curve is bending. Live sports is not, or, or live crowds of, of hundreds and thousands of people does not appear to be something that's going to happen unless they get a, a miracle vaccine for this thing. So I, I think maybe Vince is hoping that that happens or someone's hoping that that happens, but I think a live crowd with this, I think really, they, I think they should save it. Maybe they can save it for WrestleMania. Although I don't know if you've heard the mayor of LA, and this is another news item for you guys. Oh yeah, mayor, I heard this Mayor of LA said there's not going to be he said he doesn't suspect that there'll be live, you know, there'll be big crowds uh, for a sporting event or a wrestling event or anything like that for at least a year. So that would cut into WrestleMania, which is going to be in L.A. next week. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I mean, I know this isn't a sports show, but I just thought of this. Actually, I think someone else brought this up. You realize that the Dodgers traded for uh, Mookie Betts and there's a chance that he will never play for them? Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. They're gonna, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna resign him anyway. Oh, well, good, good, good idea. Um, but you know that that is interesting on there. Um, so like I said, Ronda Rousey always figures out a way to keep herself in the news, even when uh, you would expect her, you know, not I even mean, listen, to think about it. Listen, here's the thing: she's a freaking superstar. Whatever she says is gonna make news. So, um, yeah, and, and that's one power that she has that. Not even, not even Brock Lesnar has. Like, like, there's no one. She's a superstar athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Is there anyone? Excuse my burping. Is there anyone on the WWE roster who's a superstar? Not really. Uh, I guess you could say Becky Lynch. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even put her in there. I wouldn't even put her in there. And then, and that's the whole that's a whole other problem with wrestling in general. Whatever. Oh yeah, the lack of stars. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if Becky Lynch says something. 
the general public is not going to care. You know what I'm saying? So just interesting. We'll see what happens with Rousey moving forward. If there's a live of, if there's if there's crowds that can be put together and they get a miracle vaccine, which I'm praying for every day, which would be great. But there's, I mean, we know vaccines take a long time. It, Survivor Series would be a great, great way to have that be the main event. That would that should be the main event for Survivor Series if they do it. But those other women have to get better. Shafir and and, and the other one, Jessamyn Duke, they have, right. they have to improve. Absolutely. And you know that's what they're saying. That's what they're. I mean, Bailey and Sasha are together, um, and they're heels. Charlotte's a heel. Becky might join them. It, but it, it would be. I think it would be. It, I think it could completely dominate all levels of WWE television for that month because they're all on different brands. Even Charlotte, if she stays on NXT, I think it could be great, great storytelling if they do it right. Absolutely. So let's stick kind of with the MMA theme here on uh, the Wednesday Night Wars. Let's get into that a little bit. Uh, I think if you're a fan of MMA, you may have liked it a little more than others. What was your thought of the whole type presentation as an event for the night with the uh, the little inserts all night of quote-unquote celebrities pumping up Moxley versus... Uh, uh, Swagger, I'm sorry. Um, what's Hager. Hager? I'm sorry. It's still gonna be Swagger for the rest of our lives, I guess. But it's uh, call him whatever you want. Uh, Swagger with the whole type of presentation. I mean, I personally thought, and, I, and I'm gonna stick with my theme of the last couple of weeks of all these matches feeling way too long. But what what do you think of the whole like presentation? Yeah. With, you know, of that I match. Thought, and how I thought the presentations were a lot better than the match itself. I agree. It was. A, it was a, so it's a long match. Agreed. It's a really long match. A lot of heavy sweating. <laughs> a lot of lot of sweating, a lot of deep, a lot of long breaths. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was a great match. What do you think of like um, though? You know, all the celebrity, or quote, or depending on what you, and like I said, I, I don't I think mean, if you know MMA, you know. You, yeah, you can say that's a little corny, but I like it. I mean, I like making things feel like an event. I think, you know, I, I think the WWE. I think one thing they they sometimes do, but sometimes struggle with is they don't make some of their events seem like big events because they have so many of them. And I think AEW made this feel like a big, they don't make, and they certainly don't make things feel like a sport. They don't make things feel like a sport. It's just like, you know, it's just corny storylines oftentimes, not all the time, but a lot of times. AEW made this feel like a thing, like an event. And we knew where it was going to go. It's Mox's first title defense. Like, what's he doing? He's not losing the title. But they did a good job of, of getting celebrities in there, even if some of them were like, who is this person? I, some of them I didn't know. Um, and some of them definitely sound like they were just reading off the script. That being said, it's still good to make it seem like a big event. And so I, I was you know happy with that. The match itself was, you know. Too long. Fun, too long. It was fine. Um, the right guy went over, obviously, but it wasn't anything that was like, oh my God, that was amazing or anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, agree. I, I, I wish the we could disagree. Work, and the guys worked hard, you know, you always appreciate that. They worked hard, they busted their ass. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is the worst match ever. It just wasn't great, which is okay. And I, I agree, and you know what, we don't, unfortunately, just based on, because there's no live wrestling right now, we don't get, we haven't really had a chance to talk about it, but... I think for an empty arena match, I know everything's basically an empty arena match at this point, but I think uh, MLW did this better with the Loser Leaf Town match between M uh, MJF 
and Mace Warner. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that match a couple of weeks ago. Mace Warner, yeah. yeah I thought their match was, uh, maybe because it was shorter, I thought that was a better and, and match also, of the two. Mance, um, Mance Warner is like, um, that's his style. So I think, you know, that's kind of his style. The lead-up to that match was great. Like, MJF's promo for that was tremendous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's the one who, it's really a bummer that this all happened for him, too, because of the momentum he was building. Um, but but anyway. Um, yeah, no, I thought that match was, was better. It was more entertaining. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, they showed colors. A little a little different kind of style than, than what we saw yesterday. And that was taped, bef- and that was taped before... Uh... COVID, so I mean, and I don't know how much blood we'll see, because I know that's something, not for this match, but I know that's something you had mentioned on Workshoot uh, Pod uh, on Twitter, that I, I forgot what match, but you, I remember you had saying that you would like to see, you know, some color or some yeah, blood. Yeah, the Gargano-Champa match. Right, and I don't I mean, know if we're going to really... Deserve some color. Right, I, mean, I don't know man. if we're going to really see that in the in the COVID era, and I think when we saw that in the uh, match last week with Britt Baker, which I thought really worked well with her character... And, I, and that's one of the really high points, I think, of AEW, Britt Baker, with her character development. I think that happened by accident. I don't think we're going to see color very often in, you know, in the scary times, you know? Well, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, listen, I am not Anthony Fauci. I am not an expert. But it seems like if you, if you and I have corona and we wrestle each other, us breathing on each other... It's not a good and idea. Sweating on each other. <laughs> it, like if you have corona, like I'm gonna get corona. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if like, I cut you open and you're bleeding. Like it, this is not like a blood disease. It's a, a disease that's like a um, whatever. It's like you know, I don't want to say catching the flu because everyone says that, but it's it's just, it's a more um, cold type of thing to to get uh, to to make someone else sick. It's a different kind. You know, it's from mouth and um, stuff like that. From from again. My very, very limited knowledge. Right. Uh, otherwise, on NXT, I'm sorry, on AEW, like I said, I liked the continued growth of Britt Baker's character. I think the best, and we've, I've said this multiple times, the best thing to happen to her was her turning heel. I really developed a character, I'm, and I think she's gotten better in the ring as a result of not having to be the face of the company. I think these promos... Have, have been good. I really enjoyed Lance Archer versus um, Cole Cabana. I thought they had a I, fun match. I enjoyed match. that match, too. I, I enjoyed the presentation. I enjoyed the lead-up. I think one thing that AEW is really standing out with is I think their, and I, I think their video packages have been tremendous. Like, I really enjoyed the Cole Cabana thing where he talked about where he came from. I mean, you knew he wasn't going to win the match. Right. But they did a nice job of making you feel like, huh, Maybe he can get the upset here. Um, and I thought the match itself was fun. I thought it was a good match. Uh, yeah, I really I really enjoyed the. I, I, I'm really enjoying AEW's video packages. I think they have done, if there's one thing they've done more, they've done better than anything. It's you know, obviously the in-ring stuff we knew was going to be good with, their, with the rest of they have. Their video packages are so good and so professional and so legit. You know, I, I watch MLW, I watch NWA, which I love NWA, but when I watch MLW, you know, I haven't watched Impact that much because um, it's Twitch. I don't know. I don't know what a Twitch is. But, um, you know, their AEW's video packages are so slick and so so good uh, and so professional. It's, it's really, it, it's great. It's great stuff. Yeah, and like I said, next week we've got two uh, 
the two uh, other semifinal matches for the, the TNT title. We'll see how those go. Um, and I and we also have, I think, um, everyone's favorite hardcore wrestler, which neither one of us particularly care about, versus uh, Orange Cassidy. Hopefully Orange Cassidy wins. We move on from that. But uh, NXT, I uh, thought... And, you know, the thing is, oh, you know, you talk about a guy's going to get killed from a, with no crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's gonna be a rough. That's gonna be a rough match between a guy who I don't, I do not care for at all, and a guy whose whole gimmick is really getting the crowd involved, and that's the best thing he does. Oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna be rough. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but uh, AEW, I thought uh, NXT, I thought was another good show. Um, yeah. I real, I know that this is just harping on a point that we can't do anything about. Really miss Morrow because I just don't think that the announcers that are doing the show are. At nearly at the same level. Yeah, but you know, I enjoyed them. I I didn't I didn't mind them, and I don't mind Saxton when he, they're not doing the let's make fun of him and he's a dork and whatever. The other thing is, you know who Lance Archer's best friend in wrestling is? Who's that? Brian Saxton. Or wow. the only person I take it back. The only person he keeps up with from his WWE days is Brian Saxton. It's interesting. I think Brian Saxton's an underratedly very respected guy in the WWE. I think he's a really nice guy who really works hard. And I really don't think he's bad, to be honest with you. I really did not mind their broadcast at all. There are no Nigel McGinnis and Morrow and, and you know Beth Phoenix, I think, who's really, really vastly improved. But I thought they did fine. Like, I, don't, I, I don't think it took away from the show. It wasn't um, the Mac guy from before. It was horrible. I thought they did a good job. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Yeah, um... um, as far as the show in general... I think it was okay. You know me, I'm a big Fabian Eichner fan. Um, so I, you know, I enjoyed that match. Yeah, I, th I thought they had some, some, some solid matches. The tag match, Timothy Thatcher appearing. So he's kind of like another Pete Dunne in a way, not selling uh, on, on um, you know. Um, Matt Riddle. The Matt Riddle stuff. So that's, that's interesting. Um, and that match was fine. You know, it was pretty good. So yeah, I thought NXT had a, a solid show. The best things were the video packages. I would have liked the Keith Lee package to be, like, even deeper. Like, they touched on him a little bit, but I think they should have really just went in 15, 20, 30 minutes on him. Because uh, I think he's an interesting guy, even talking about that he's African-American. I think they could have gone real, real, real deep, and they kind of just did surface-level stuff, which I would have, which a little bummed about. Because, I mean, Corey, he is the most single, he's the biggest single star african-american star in pro wrestling right now so i think that's a that's a big deal him or kofi um, kingston right yeah well kofi's in tag team right so like i i think you look at just a singles african-american star he's the biggest star so i think even touching on that i think they could have done more i think it was fine but i think they could have done more the charlotte thing was awesome she was awesome and you know drake and i have talked and the strands are going crazy today. Drake and I have talked, um, and we've argued about Charlotte Flair. You know, I, I don't know, man. Maybe he's right. I mean, her promo was fantastic, and she's right. And maybe I'm bitter at her because she beat Sasha a lot. You know how I feel about Sasha. But, man, her promo was just fantastic. It was just fantastic. And the fact that she's like, yeah, uh, Io Shirai, she won a number one contender, but... I don't care. I don't want to face me again. Like she's she's calling her shots. She doesn't care. She's like, I am the best, 
and I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I, it's it's great, and I think it really could elevate all the women in, in the NXT. As long as this, and it, it's going to be a kind of a slippery slope, a fine line between her beating everybody, because you could make Mia Yim looking good against Charlotte Flair is not necessarily going to make Mia Yim. So they they got they got to figure out that balance of you know not be main roster Charlotte where she beats everybody and you know so we'll see we'll see how they do that but I also think she should take that NXT title and go against women on SmackDown and go against women on Raw I think she's she should take the title everywhere but we'll see how they do it. Oh and and you mentioned Drake just to let everybody know uh, talking about Brian Drake uh, you can check out his podcast Fantasy Football Hustle. And, of course, you know, tr- subscribe on iTunes. We're trying to get to 1,000 a, a subscribers. Um, one of the things that I really thought was interesting is that they're continuing to go and make us wait for this Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole match where they're going to have the Prince... Prince, De- uh, Sorry. Um, you can say Prince Devitt. I mean, Finn Balor. Finn Balor, he, thank you. I, I always, you know, my old school brain thinks... Uh, the, I mean, he calls original. himself the Prince all the time. So, so we're going to get um, Devitt versus Velveteen Dream next week. I mean, I understand we're most likely trying to go and make uh, Velveteen Dream more credible than just a character. Make him get, get big wins before he faces Adam Cole. <laughs> but he's a little surprised that they're just waiting and waiting to have this match happen where it seemed like this match was like inevitable, like gonna happen like in a week or two, and well, now it seems like they're well, pushing it. I mean, listen, Corona threw everything off, so I think that's also part of it. But I think the other part of it is the story. The story they're telling is nobody is worthy of going against Adam Cole. Cole for the title, right? And Balor's gone for the title against Cole, and, and uh, Riddle's gone for the title against Cole. Everybody has, right? John Gargan, everybody has. But now is the point where if Dream can beat Balor, who and they did they did this point on purpose where Balor called himself the greatest NXT champion of all time. If Dream can beat Balor, then he can say, "Hey, I beat who was considered the best NXT champion of all time." This proves I need to go against Cole, and and the fact that Cole's not even there, I love it. He's like at his house or something cutting promos. It's great. So I think they've done a good job with it. I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, how annoyed Dream was that he wasn't there. Um, I, I think it's been great. So I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens. And I like that they're making Cole. This is what Ric Flair would do in the 80s. He would say, like, no, I'm not going against you. I'm the best. Like, you don't, I, I'm going to get on my jet plane and I'm going to go and, and, and I'm going to call, I'm going to bark orders. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard are going to go beat up these guys because I'm saying they're going to beat these guys up. So I like what they're doing there with Cole. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, Dream's probably going to beat Balor. It should be a really good match. Um, and then hopefully we'll see Adam Cole versus Dream versus Dream match. For the record, I know we're all about title changes. I do not think... We'll see what CDC says and how things go. Like, I know in Chicago the curve's definitely flattening and whatever. I really think Cole should not lose a title until there's a live crowd. I don't. Um, I don't disagree with that, and I don't think he loses. Should lose a title until uh, he loses it to uh, Keith Lee. After that package that, last I, night, I think Keith Lee's the guy who should win the title, unless you're bringing him to the I, main I roster. Think, I think Keith Lee should win the title at next year's 
uh, NXT Royal Rumble, the the Royal Rumble uh, event they do right before, day before the Royal Rumble. I think that's when Keith Lee should win it. That's that's my opinion. You guys may not agree with me. That's fine, but I think that's that's what should happen. Maybe if there were crowds, you could do it sooner. But I think that's when they should do it. Uh, the last big item from NXT was uh, we saw the official debut, at least his face and the and the boot of. Uh, his girlfriend, uh, Killer Cross, um, taking out uh, Champa. So, I don't know. What was your quick thoughts on that? Do you think it was an, uh, a good enough debut? And are you excited for the next chapter of Champa versus another, you know, unstoppable monster? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Killer Cross, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm not. Oh my God! This guy's the greatest thing ever. Or carrying cross, whatever he's calling him. I'm not like this guy's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So I mean, it's different for me than when Nakamura came or when Balor was there. Or like, it, it, we'll see. All right, um, running a little low on time, so let's quickly uh, talk about what we talk about every week. The final mm-hmm. segment of the show, Dark Side of the Ring. We had the episode on Jimmy Jimmy Fl- Superfly Snooker. Thought it was a really interesting episode. Didn't know super a lot about the subject. I know last week when we had uh, Brian Drake on, I think we both of you said you weren't super looking forward to the episode. After seeing it, what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I think it was another one. Of, I, I, I continue to think an hour is too short for these. I think an hour is too short. Maybe you said two hours would be too long. But I think they, they, it just seems like these subjects are rushed a little bit. Um, like the Brawl Falls should have been an hour. Um, but other subjects should be two hours. I think New Jack should have been two hours. And that's whatever. But in terms of being well made and well done for the time that they were given, I thought it was fantastic. I really, I, I enjoyed it. Um, definitely a look into Jimmy Snuka, what it sounds like he probably did. I mean, not to whatever, the girl, woman, he said, told five different stories about what happened to a woman, and, and then she had, you know, uh, hand marks on her neck from being choked. I mean, it, 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 you know, it sounds really bad. It sounds really bad. And it's just a sad story all around, right? Like, this guy who was this great pro, you talk about the 80s and all the, as much as that was the era that we loved, that was the era that we grew up loving, that everybody does, any, any wrestling fan now. Right? The Young Bucks talk about how Hulk Hogan was their favorite of all time, right? The Ultimate Warrior. All these guys, Snuka, Hogan, Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, how drugs and all these things really was just such a awful, awful, it was such an awful, awful time in wrestling that we did not realize as kids at the time. And, um, and Snuka was doing that, right? Getting his head bashed in every day. Um, and doing all kinds of drugs to a point where he was 72 didn't know where he was. And so it, it was, it was just, I mean, it was just a really sad thing. And again, it, I don't want to say here on a podcast that he murdered a person, but it sure is. Sure. Oh, he did. Sounds like, I, I'll say it. He, well, he killed it, a woman. It, it sure, it, you know, I mean, again, whatever. Right. But like, it sure sounds like he did. And it's just, Man, just sad for, for, for the woman who, who passed away. I mean, she'd be young. I mean, she wouldn't even be that old. I mean, this is, yeah. you know, she'd be 
I don't know, like 55, maybe 60 years old, right? She still would have, she would have lived a life, had children, uh, maybe, maybe got married, maybe not. She could have done whatever she was going to do. Yeah. Um, but being in an abusive relationships sometimes are, are tough. We've, you know, I've, I've dealt with, unfortunately, um, you know, I'm a school guidance counselor. I've dealt with students who, whose parents have, whose parents have been in abusive relationships and, you know, it's very, very difficult. It's a very, very difficult situation, um, you know, for, for people to get out of um, and things like that. So it's just a really sad thing, um, whether he did it or didn't do it. We knew he was involved. I mean, I, I think that much was clear. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible what happened. I mean, that, and in some way, that would never happen now, you know. Thank God, you know. Uh, oh, that would not like that would never happen now. He would have went to jail back then with what we know about crime and whatever. Also, the Allentown Police Department was shit. <laughs> I mean, goodness, we, we, don't, we don't know that he murdered her. We do know it was a shit investigation. And the, the, the uh, police chief at the time or whatever, he was like mumbling and stumbling and bumbling when they, when they asked him questions. Like, well, I don't, you know, uh, there's a third person in the car? Well, I didn't know this. How'd you not know this? Did you investigate the crime? It's ridiculous. It's so, co- I believe it's called uh, Vince McMahon put a whole bunch of money in a in a suitcase and uh, we move on with our lives. I think is the yeah because uh, that was his golden goose, right? So yeah. and I guess the other thing I did not know either was I knew Snooker was a big star, and that was the early eighties, right? So like even you and I, we and we were young ones, folks. I mean, we were like very very young. Like, really? I wasn't even watching wrestling then. So like the that that very early eighties period before Hogan really came in. Snooker was the guy. That was Snooker, really... Junkyard Dog. I mean, those were the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, but even beyond that, that was that was even Snooker was the man back oh, yeah. then. And um, to even under, under, understand Snooker's impact, because I thought he was more of a mid carder. He was a main event, and um, you know I didn't realize that really at the time because when I grew up watching it, he was more of a mid carder at that point. Um, but yeah, so just a sad, sad thing all around. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people our age, uh, the last thing we remember of him is, you know, losing really ugly to uh, The Undertaker at a WrestleMania, which was, you know, basically his last hurrah. But uh, next week we have uh, Dino, the, the death of Dino Bravo, which will be really interesting because I don't really remember Dino Bravo that, that well. But uh, Jason, I wish we had more time. Next week I'm sure we'll get into a lot more of the happenings of maybe finding out if more guys from SmackDown get released. Uh, talking maybe about BET uh, 200. Wish we had time to talk about the three-parter of 199 because I thought it was really interesting this week. But we will get into that. I thought it was funny. I thought it was fine. It was, it was entertaining. Show. It wasn't anything like, oh my god, we gotta break BTE now. No, no, no. I'm just I saying mean, it's funny. You know, you're, you know, you know, we're we're really struggling for content if that's the case. <laughs> but, but we'll talk about next week's episode. Yeah, big 200th uh, episode, but. Uh, Jason, let, let everybody know how uh, to follow us on Twitter and uh, all the little things before we get out of here right now. Yeah, we're at Work Shoot Pod, W-A-R-K-E-D, Shoot Pod. Um, so check us out. It's, did I get the Twitter wrong? It's Worked Shoot Pod, right? Absolutely. W-A-R-K-E-D. Oh, my God. Did I get that wrong? That's so terrible of me. Well, check us out on, on Twitter. Um, also check out our Facebook as well. Um the work shoot wrestling podcast a little different than, than everything else yes it is work to shoot pod 
because Corey always says work shoot pod. So W-R-K-E-D shoot pod, all one word uh, on Twitter. Check us out. I'm trying to post more stories now that I'm working from home. So it's easy. I see a story. I try to put it up there for you guys. Um, check out our Facebook page. Not as active on there, but I think that's more Corey's baby. Um, and check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just look up Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. W-R-O-K-E-D. Shoot Podcast. Like basically what Ronda Rousey did, according to Corey. Work <laughs> right? Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. So look us up. And of course, you know, follow... Uh, Past guests on the show, Brian Drake, uh, his podcast, uh, Fantasy Football Hustle. Follow uh, former guest of the show, Christopher Morin, start up Morin's Law. Give him a chance. And, of course, uh, sister podcast, You Don't Know Jackie, which uh, will be on every Wednesday. It's part of the FamDo Network. Uh, Jason, the floor is yours. And, uh, as always... Great having you. I think we're done here. See ya. Rest in peace, Fink.